Welcome back to another installment of the In The Points podcast, the fastest growing Formula One podcast on the globe and the only podcast growing at the speed of Formula One. I am your host, Matt Dottiel. Joined, as always, are my lovely co-hosts. First, we have Sam Russell. Sam, it's good to be back following another race weekend. Welcome back, man. Well, Matt, it's good to be back. That was a late night race. Um, It was very late. Uh, but it was very entertaining, and uh, we've got a lot to talk about. I'm excited to to get into this. Absolutely. I, I can't wait. Um, and alongside us, a man who needs no further introduction, a man who is confused as we going to be Mario, but not Mario. His name is Stefano Sedano. Stefano, welcome back, ma'am. What up, Red Flag Nation? This is your captain speaking. We've got a lot to talk about. And as always, show me the money. Yeah, Stefano. Um, so a little background context. Believe it or not, we ran into Chad from Harwich this weekend. Chatty from Harwich was big ups on the pod. Listens big to fan. everyone. Loved it. Thought your name was Mario for a second, then corrected himself and said, no, 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 it's Stefano. Uh, so your name, for all intents and purposes on this podcast, according to Chad from Harwich, might be Mario, but... Matt, we, honestly, saw, Matt, we saw a lot of fans. We saw a lot of fans uh, on Saturday. There was like tons. There were a lot of in the points fans out in the wild. Um, it tons. was good to see. Yeah. A plethora, a plethora of fans. Uh, I, I call out J- uh, Chatty from Harwich specifically because he was singing Stefano's praises all night long. But Sam, to your point, we had like, it was almost a turn into a pseudo in the points watch party for the Australian Grand Prix. We must have had. 100 200 fans just kind of surrounding us uh it was basically like a live stream in person it was pretty special Stefano. you really missed out on on what was a um kind of one of those surprise de facto in the points viewing parties uh what do you have to say about that yeah uh for listeners that don't know we are more or less local but we're not all in the same city um Sam and Matt, Boston area guys. I live about an hour away. Um, Not with the way you drive, Stefano. Yeah, I put in purple sectors. sectors. I put in purple sectors all the way to Boston in my uh, in my Subaru. Um, But yeah, uh, sad I missed out. I'd like to get some watch parties going with uh, our lovely fans. Uh, Big shout out to Chad from Harwich. Uh, Real great guy one of the best listeners of this podcast. He's a, he's a real hero. He is a real hero. Oh yeah, brother. Oh yeah, brother. Shout out Chatty from Harwich. Um, Huge time hero. Um, Guys, let's dive right into it. Australia, crazy race, late night race, Sam, you already touched on it. Um, Super late was even worse that we got super late, three red flags to add to the lateness of it. Um, Felt pretty crazy to to think that it was like basically three thirty in the morning when we finally got some caught some Z's. Uh, where else do we start? How else could we start this podcast other than turn one Chuck DNF more Ferrari woes, guys? Is it time to hit the panic button if you're a Ferrari this year? Third race in, you have less points. I think Chuck has less points than Lando Norris. Ferrari is like fifth in the constructors. They've got two DNFs. What do you have to say about that? Bro, I threw out the panic button for Ferrari like two weeks ago. They're done. Um, They're cooked. You know, Leclerc has the same amount of points as Hulkenberg right now. Let that sink in for a second. 
I mean, it's it's just they don't have the pace. Um, and it's pretty clear that their drivers are having a tough time climbing up, uh, you know, the grid, not being in the top two or three positions. And they're in some serious trouble, especially with Mercedes looking like they're gaining a little bit of ground. Um, Ferrari's in some serious, serious trouble. They are. They're in like dire straits. Like they might be losing out to Alpine this year. I mean, Alpine looked better this weekend in Australia. Sad that they crash into each other and and Chuck, I mean, um, excuse me, Gasly, you know, I think he got actually hit and then he hit his teammate and they both, you know, went into the wall. Sad. But like Basically, Alpine was better than Ferrari this weekend. This Not better than what do you have to say about that? Uh, I think as a as a collective team, yeah, Alpine were better. Um, there was a great battle between Gasly and Carlos Sainz uh, in, I think, the second portion of the race before that second red flag. Uh, and Carlos Sainz just about had it on him. Um, Gasly was in within... DRS range for like it felt like a solid like five to ten lap stretch but uh just didn't have the legs on science's Ferrari and to that end um I'd have to argue that the Ferrari showed pace sadly it looks more in line with like upper midfield pace than championship contending pace um so I guess to answer your question of hitting the panic button I don't know if there was ever a panic button to begin with because right from the start in Bahrain, I don't think any of us were convinced that Ferrari were going to really challenge for a championship. We were trying to kid ourselves there for a little while. Um, but as evidence on the track, you know, they just don't have the, they're, nobody's in the same planet as Red Bull. Uh, they look to have been overtaken by Aston Martin early in the season now. Uh, Mercedes looks to be gaining ground despite, you know, complaints that they're, their car concept is lacking. Uh, and Ferrari either is standing still or going backwards. And notwithstanding, Charles uh, Charles Leclerc has been having terrible luck so far this season. Awful luck. Terrible luck. I mean, I don't think, first off, what I have to say to that, there's no way I'm letting you two gaslight me to say that you were hopeful but not kidding yourselves that ferrari was going to contend for a championship this year i'm pretty sure sam almost put in a live bet on at the win sports book of like ferrari to win the constructors correct me if i'm wrong sam but stefano uh, isn't going to gaslight me into thinking that my co-hosts were went into the season not thinking ferrari is going to win a championship in fact I think, not to relitigate it, I was met with scoff when I said Aston Martin was going to finish ahead of them in the constructors. So, so Stefano, I don't think, I don't know what you're trying to do here, but if you're trying to retcon the listeners into thinking that you were never all in on Ferrari this year, shame on you. Shame. I'm, I'm all in on Ferrari every year, Matt. I am an unabashed Ferrari fan. Uh, I want them to win the championship every year. I picked them to win a championship every year, but I think taking a realistic look at things, they're like at the moment, like upper midfield pace. Here's yeah. what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say, guys. They are now part of this group of cars and teams that are talking about a major car upgrade coming 
at Baku. So let's see. Let's see what happens after the next couple of races. It'll let's be just a good give, let's, let's give him a chance to bring a major upgrade and like a major car change. Like the them, Mercedes, there's a couple teams that have said they're working on something. Let's see what happens. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. Don't Baku's take your victory lap yet. Baku's a good chance to, for Science and Leclerc to claw back a solid chunk of points because don't forget we have a sprint and a race uh, to look forward to in a more or less a month's time. Kind of sucks that we have to wait that long, but one of the races was taken off the calendar for those that don't know. Yeah, it's it's honestly it's a shame. It's really too bad um, that they couldn't find somewhere to 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 put a new race into this. I mean, we're about to go into a three week stretch, but I mean, more though Ferrari woes. I mean, all weekend long we heard about what's his name, Fred Verser's back problems. Signs gets a penalty. I mean, it's just crazy stuff going on at Ferrari. Like your team principal can't walk. Your number one driver is getting knocked down to turn one, second DNF of the year. You got signs hitting people, taking on like getting a penalty, hitting Fernando Alonso. I mean, guys, like Ferrari's worse than a midfield team. I wouldn't say they're worse than a midfield team, but we yeah, they're not good. Before there's a solid chunk of bad luck being thrown in there too. Yeah. There's a lot of bad you know what luck though? Is it bad luck or is it just the nature of the team? I guess it's, it's a bad good point luck. when you consider when you consider what happened last year. But given that there's been a, like a fresh coat of paint on Ferrari, so to speak, I think it's been bad luck this year. Can put I mean, lipstick on a pig, but you can't make it dance. Um, I mean, look at Aston Martin; they put lipstick on a pig, and look whoa, how that's working out for them. Right. I think they painted a Red Bull green, but um, last year they tried to put lipstick on a little bit of a pig. I mean, frankly, like I agree, there's some. There is some definite bad luck for sure. The penalty on signs was atrocious. I mean, what was that? Well, it's a specifically a joke when you when you take into account that the lap didn't even count. Didn't even count. Didn't even count. It was red flagged. Like I first off, I don't understand why that that in the exact same scenario on lap one wasn't a penalty for stroll. But it's now all of a sudden a penalty for signs. It just goes back to, and this brings us to our next next topic, like the FIA just being all over the map again. Again. First off, why did we even red flag that? Like, which don't red get me flag wrong. are you talking about? Yeah, Matt. which one? <laughs> exactly. The red flag with like two or three laps to go where they basically said, Oh, where Magnuson had, Magnuson's tire was on the track. Where there was just, just some debris drive into the wall, which was, that was in and of itself. We could have made an entire podcast of that, but what, like, I mean, multiple guys are like, why are we red flagging this now, Sam? I think we all agree that there's like a point where you want more racing and you don't want to end under a safety car. But like the tires are ice cold. You guys are going, they're going into turn one on ice cold tires. They're basically on, on like a skating rink. We see, we saw how many crashes on that restart. Matt, I gotta be honest. I love, I love the red flags. I love the restarts. It was like, it was like us playing F1 22. And it's like the start of every single F1 22 race where it's just total pandemonium and chaos and everyone just crashing into each other. I thought it was great. I thought it was entertaining. And I, for one, like the red flag restarts. And I actually think I wish that we saw more of them. I just wish that there was less time in between when we get the red flag and when they restart. 
Yeah, I'll second that from Sam. Uh, I remember last year when Monza finished under a safety car, we were all like up in arms and Bingo. pissed that uh, a race finished. Like it was like five or six laps to go that they finished under a safety car. You can't be uh, mad. You can't be mad at these restarts if you if you didn't like the way Monza ended last year. Yeah, Sam has a point too. Like the red flags are fine, but the amount of time in between the red flag and restarting the race was kind of atrocious. And I think for for us in the states, like if the race wasn't at one a.m., uh, I think we would have complained a little bit less. But because like it was already like three o'clock in the morning. By the time that last red flag happened, we were all like, will this race just fucking end? Yeah. I at, mean, one, at one point, Stefano was asking about the the clock. He <laughs> Stefano, that's when you know it's taking a while when Stefano's asking if they're on the clock because he wanted the race to end. It was, yeah. it was crazy. What I don't really get, though, is like back to the whole there's no consistency in the rules. Like, I just, I get it, and I don't like race is ending under a safety car i don't i think it's pretty lame but like at the same time there just needs to be a rule like if it's if there's like that big of a shunt and there's like five laps to go auto red flag like don't pull out the safety car just auto red flag it if there's like five laps but then like you have to change the rule to be like drs is enabled immediately like this whole thing still of now drs is another two laps away it's like I don't really get that. I think that that's pretty lame. I think that's pretty stupid because then these guys, the tires are so cold. It doesn't even be fun. Then you get another red flag and then another red flag. And it's just so stupid. And now you're restarting for like two laps. And I think it would have solved something like what happened in Abu Dhabi where people were all up in arms. of like, if it happens within five laps, then just like end the, like do it right away and like try and get as many laps of racing, open up DRS immediately, like allow the the teams to to put on fresh tires don't fix anything like you just need to have consistency and it needs to be clear as to why there was nothing on the track that that was that crazy that they couldn't done a vsc all the drivers said it fernando said it hamilton said it max said it like you can hate max you can be like oh he was in the lead anymore. all three of those guys were one two and three and they're like why are we doing a red flag this doesn't make any sense like even those guys like we've done like safety cars under worse conditions and their fi is like which I'm cool with. If you want to do more racing, I'm cool with the more racing. Matt, if you don't think that it was if it was done purely for an entertainment standpoint, you're crazy. But I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. And I don't care if the drivers are mad because it was more entertaining getting the restart. And it is such an incredibly lame way to end a race under a safety car. Uh, but it's we talk about this every sing, after every single race. There's always an instance. Every single race, there's no consistency. Nothing is written in the rule book for any of these things. It's always incredibly vague and it's always just subjective finish. And it's, yeah, it's, it drives everyone nuts because it, drives it, me just, it, bananas. Changes, it, it changes race to race. It drives me absolutely bananas and they can't leave well enough alone. And now they, I, they've had talks about removing the tire blankets. Like I don't, I don't understand this. that. I just don't. Why would I you get rid of the tire blankets? understand who is making these rules they're removing practice they're not letting people test on track they're removing tire blankets it's like that's not what the fans want like if anything make a mandatory two-stop race every race we got tire deck going on we got like make them use all three compounds during the race like do something creative like that like okay you have to use all three tire compounds now now what do you that'd do? be sick that'd be now sick what do you do a, a soft medium hard 
I came up with that right now on the fly, and that's a better idea than any of the ideas the FIA has had or anyone in F1 has had about this. Removing practices, removing tire blankets, use all three tires. And guess what? You have to use one tire during Q1. If you make it to Q2, you get to use the next tire. And in Q3, you get to use the soft tire. Has to go hard, medium, soft, something like that. I don't know. Make them use every tire. Make them use them all. Do something. Do something different other than removing entertainment. Like the sprint races not meaning anything for the grid, like there's a rumor. It, it's, you guys, it's driving me absolutely up a fucking wall. It's absolutely insane what they're doing. The FIA sport. and Liberty Media are jokes, man. They're absolute yeah. jokes. It's every just, single man. thing they touch just is is a joke. Turns to dust. I can't leave well enough alone. It just we turns hit, to dust. We've hit a sweet spot now with like racing and they removed sprint. the fence pit wall. The, they removed the pit wall celebrations. Yeah, you can't yeah. celebrate on the fence anymore. It's like anything that's like anything that's fun about the sport, it's ruined. Oh, sprint races? No, nah, never mind. They don't mean anything anymore. We're gonna do a separate qualifier and you, it doesn't mean anything for the actual race. It's it's so stupid. It's so stupid. They won't let they they basically made it impossible to add um Andretti racing into this. And now I think Porsche and Audi have backed out because they can't get to like the FIA won't let them be like a customer of Red Bull or something stupid. I think it's Porsche just, backed out. It's just it's Audi, idiotic. You can't Audi's still I, confirmed, what, right? What's so wrong about celebrating on the pit wall? So long as it's done safe. And I've actually we've seen people get points on their license and fines and potential um, penalties. When Max did it in Austria, when he won the, the Red Bull ring, he stopped by the pit wall and did a burnout. And I think like Albon was a back marker and he was coming around and like, it was dangerous. And he got points on his license. He got a fine. The team got fined because it was a dangerous way to celebrate. Pulling over to the side, it's the equivalent of like these guys that have like a reliability issue pulling off to the side off the racing line and just kind of like driving by and the teams like when has there ever been an issue with that? And now starting this weekend onward, they can't do it anymore. What guys, you really triggered me today because I'm I can't wrap my head around what the hell is going on with these rule changes. Maybe you can on top of all this on top of all this in the most controversial race of the season. Who shows up and is just kind of hanging out in the paddock, but Michael Massey? Oh, boy. Uh, you know what, Sam? I didn't think you were going to go there, but it's just... How can I not go there? Like, you I just can't leave well enough there. alone. So I thought I was, I thought that I was, was like a things. civilian in attendance, or what, did he have any influence you know what, on the race? You know what, Sam? He, he had credentials. He, he had credentials. He looked like he was going to work. So I don't know if he had any say in what happened, but... I mean, it sure, it sure smelt like Michael Massey had his fingerprints all over the ending of that race. Uh, you think? It's almost as if he was like overcompensating for what he did at Abu Dhabi in 2021. You know what? Instead of it ending under a safety car, let's do four red flags at the end of the race. What lap about 54, lap 55, what would, lap 56, what would history lap be like right now if they red flagged Abu Dhabi 2021? We probably wouldn't be talking on this podcast if that, that was the case. Probably wouldn't have had any. We probably would have ran out of content. Man, what about David Croft urging all of us to stop making fun of Michael Massey? Yeah, he can go shove it. He went on like a soliloquy about how Michael Massey's a human and how we all make mistakes. Meanwhile, Ted Kravitz is like 
sitting on his hands, biting his tongue, trying so hard not to be like Crofty. You're an idiot for saying this. Regardless and... of your allegiance, Stefano, he's still a human being, okay? No, regardless. Yeah, well, a human being who's an idiot. Well, guys, I mean, Sam, to your point earlier, kind of changing gears, what the heck was Kevin – was uh, – was Kevin Magnuson doing just driving into I mean that had to have been like the biggest brain like shart of all time between him and uh Logan Sargent just crashing into Nick DeVries there were like a few bizarre boneheaded moves during this race I got to say completely off topic but similar to what you just said uh Logan Sargent just having like the most all-time Florida accent during interviews and stuff after hearing all these people with like funny accents from like different parts of the like world different countries like london um having like a a fake like just a normal american talking is like super funny i've just been like trained to hear all these like weird accents from like bangkok and london and you know i don't know munich uh it is pretty funny i find it interesting but yeah i don't know like are we kind of like when's logan Sargent gonna do something his teammate oh, drove into a wall like randomly. It was like a really weird like errors made on track. Max made a mistake into one of the turns. Like some of these guys are just like forgot how to drive. Maybe it's the vaccine. I don't know. Stefano, go ahead. I think Max just probably for like just fell asleep. He was so comfortably in the lead that he just got bored and was like, "Well, I'll make this more interesting." Almost drive off the track. Yeah. Um. Horrible start from him. Terrible start. Or Max, was it a great start from George? It was a great start from George. Can yeah, I say a, that this, start from George. this race actually made me appreciate the Australian track a little bit more. I like it a little bit more after this race. I think it's it's a race. It's a track that can obviously cause havoc, and I like that. And I thought oh, it was yeah. crazy. Yeah, I mean, like, it's a people forget the street circuit. Like, it's it doesn't look like a street circuit, but because it just has so much grass and, like, it just seems like it wouldn't be one. Um, but it's a street circuit. Like it's and it's pretty quick. It I mean, but guys, that like Red Bull rocket ship. Oh man, we'll talk about that later. I gotta go with our new recurring segment, the McLaren sponsor of the week, brought to you by Alliance Aviation. Um guys, this is you know, we we did it somewhat as a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek. Like they they announced another partnership. Another partnership, cryptocurrency partnership, OKX, is the new sponsor of McLaren. And you got to wonder if it's just in time for also Zach Brown to challenge Toto Wolf to a boxing match in none other than Viva Las Vegas. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I would empty my bank account to be on, to be ringside for no headgear. If you wear headgear now, I'm out. No headgear. No shirts either. Like, no. You no shirts. Boxing trunks, the boxing shoes, laced up boxing gloves, and fight as if it was like Manny Pacquiao versus George Foreman today. Uh, that's what I want to see. Matt, I'd empty my bank account on Toto Wolf to win that fight. Zach Brown literally would last 15 seconds. In, and I like that's not even like any punches thrown. That guy just couldn't like make his way around the ring. 
I was going to say, there's five things I think that would happen to Zach Brown before he would even land a punch on Total Wolf. Like, I, I really pop, wonder what I Total Wolf's literally... reaction to Zach Brown challenging him to a fight was. Maybe that's why Toto Wolf was nowhere to be seen when Lewis Hamilton finished P2 at the end of the race this weekend. Maybe he was off yeah. training for his, his debut in the ring. Yeah, the the Totominator. The Totominator? Yeah. Uh, that's his I was going to go with something more of like, you know, the something to do with the Wizard of Oz. Like, there's no place like Toto. No place that's like home. Stupid. No place like that's Vegas. Stupid. This is making me not like you. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't take much. I mean, Sam, what, what do you have to say about OKX, man? Like, another partner. What do you have to say about McLaren? Good, decent weekend. I mean, I, here's what I'll say. I love Zach Brown's quote in the press release. When partnering with brands in dynamic, fast-evolving industries like crypto, has he, like, seen, like, the crypto market in the past, like, year or two years? <laughs> I don't think he's seen- doesn't seem all that dynamic to me. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just another day, another partner for McLaren. Um, yeah. they're, a, they're a moving billboard. Like at this point, I'm not sure if this is a F1 team or just like a marketing agency. They need to like sign Pornhub to be like the official porn website of the McLaren F1 team just it's to cover off, just to cover all the bases. It's probably already a partner. Probably just can't see it. Maybe it's just like it's it's probably in the incognito version of their Chrome sponsorship. That's probably where Pornhub is. It's in the incognito version of their chromed out sponsor. Uh, I mean, if they get sponsored by Pornhub, their tagline is going to be McLaren bringing it up the rear sponsored by Pornhub. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah. Fire it up, man. Fire it right the hell up. Uh, I mean, it's, Do you think we get some scenes filmed in the the McLaren paddock? They probably would re they would probably arrange something like that. Just God, imagine Zach Brown being featured in a scene. Yeah, uh, maybe we yeah maybe we can get Yuki and and Gasly uh in there for a for a scene. Yeah, that would be a pretty cool scene. I bet you like it's probably not far off. I here's what I think the most likely next partnership Zach Brown's gonna land is like Olive Garden. Like when you're here, <laughs> you're McLaren, like Olive Garden. Like I, when I you're just... here, when you're here, you're in P20, <laughs> Olive Garden. When you're in the midfield, you're family, Olive Garden. Uh, it's it's honestly it's it's kind of crazy, guys. Uh, I thought we were gonna like be done with the McLaren sponsors last week, and then just serious of... question though: Do you guys think McLaren gets points again this season? Yeah, I definitely. Unless do. it's by default. No, I think they do. Lando's good. Like they might bring a big package to Baku. They might be part of that squad. Yeah, like I mean, guys. Again, I have so little faith in McLaren this year. Like, if it wasn't for uh, Gasly yeeting himself into Esteban Ocon and that massive shunt from Logan, I don't think. And Carlos Sainz's stupid penalty. I don't think they would. I think they would have gotten maybe two points. I think Lena would have finished in eighth or something like that. Well, all you asked was whether they would score points again. Like we didn't say it was going to be like top five, but like Lando, Lando will be P ten probably another time this year. I have no faith. Well, I mean, watch him win. More, watch him win the next race. He's got more points than Chuck. So, yeah, yeah, Lance Stroll is making sure of that. 
Lance Stroll is making sure that. Uh, guys, Mercedes, are they back? Not uh, quite, but uh, they're definitely closing the gap. They're closing the gap to Aston Martin. I I yeah. think I think the stand like again I think the standard at Mercedes is so high that unless they're winning multiple races a year, then Toto will just not consider it uh, a successful year or you know anything along those lines. Well, obviously- I think it just I think it just makes me a little bit more hopeful that that they have a chance to compete with Red Bull once they bring this major package to Baku. Like that's what I'm that's what this past race did for me. It just made me a little bit more hopeful because they're definitely not there yet, but I feel like they're inching closer. They've got momentum. Yeah, yeah. George shame Russell about George Collins. Russell. Yeah, that was too bad. I mean, that was kind of their their saving grace. They have never have reliability issues and then the car just caught on fire. Like what do you make of that, Sam? I think that's just bad luck. I don't know. It could be a little bit of a chink in the armor. No, my I think fear is that luck. my fear is that like anybody trying to add power to a car, that it just destroys everything inside and just blows the engine up all the time. So as long as like they keep their power upgrades to like a safe level of boost or whatever's inside that engine and focus more so on like that side pod design and their aerodynamics. I think they'll probably close the gap to definitely to Aston and hopefully a little bit faster than Aston this past weekend. Where was, uh, I mean, Alonso Alonso had like 40 laps to overtake Lewis and he couldn't do it. How far back did he finish? Well, it's kind of a, Oh yeah. It's kind of like a point because of the, uh, it doesn't really make sense. I mean, he had, he had plenty of opportunity to overtake. He did have plenty of opportunity. Um, He couldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, Mercedes was pretty qualified ahead of them. Both of them qualified ahead of the Aston Martins. I thought Mercedes was clearing away better than Aston Martin. This, this past race. Yeah. I, I, I personally think that this track maybe just was more suited for maybe, the Mercedes package, perhaps, but it, it's it's such a long season. We got twenty races to go. Uh, I mean, that's crazy to think of. It's so crazy to think about it, and we know that Baku last year is where Lewis Hamilton almost retired because his back hurt so bad. So it could be maybe just the track wasn't super forgiving. Um, very clear though, still very clear. Nobody could touch the Red Bull this weekend. I mean, Max had a ten second gap with them. Even like he just seems to be a little bit more confident with. He didn't need to kind of fight George off the line. It was easily able to overtake him later on. Um, what do you guys think of where Red Bull is and where they're going? Are they going to fall back because of the wind tunnel? Are they going? Do you believe George Russell that they think that Red Bull is sandbagging because they have so much more pace and they're just not displaying it because they have such a sustainable gap? I mean, like – where, where where do you where do you guys what are you guys thinking considering Checo started I think in the back of the grid basically and finished fifth Max week before that started fifteenth finished second this week he was clearly the best driver on the grid with the best car on the grid this week um, maybe start there guys like what do we think is this uh, Red Bull's is, is Red Bull running away with the championship uh, well. 
I think that they, while they're, they're still, I agree with you, they're still clearing away the the most superior car on the grid. I think they showed a little bit of vulnerability this past weekend. Um, it wasn't as clean as the other race have been. They still, they still clearly have some reliability concerns, um, mainly with Checo's car, but it seems like there's something always a little off with Max's car too. So I think, I mean, I think they're vulnerable. I, I keep saying this and keep trending in this direction. I just don't think the season's over. And I think we're going to see these cars continue to kind of catch up. And like Red Bull's clearing away the, the superior car right now, but just, just wait. I think there's going to be a leveling of the playing field in the next five or six races. So do you don't believe George Russell when you say when he no, says I do not. I don't. They're I mean, sandbagging. I don't. I mean, I, I really don't believe that. I, I think he's just saying that he's made a few comments like that even before the season even started. I, I think he's just saying it's gamesmanship. Well, I yeah. don't believe that at all. I think you don't believe that it's gamesmanship or you don't believe George Russell's being serious. I don't believe that it's gamesmanship. I think oh, he's being tell us more serious. stuff now. Tell us more. There's no way that the rest of the field is going to make any material inroads to Red Bull's advantage. It's going to take mistakes from both drivers for the rest of the field to catch up. And this is going to be a case by case basis, obviously, you know, race to race. Um, Unless Max or Checo shunts it into a wall, I really can't see anybody else winning. Stefano, you were the one who broke the story to weeks ago that the wind tunnel time was going to greatly affect Red Bull and these cars are going to close the gap. Yeah, but then I saw the race <laughs> this past weekend and until Max made a mistake, he was like 12 seconds ahead of everybody else. And he still was eight and a half seconds ahead. So Sam, to your point though, the wind tunnel time only works if like the teams unlock pace. Like, yeah, and I, yeah, and I think like that's team like Mercedes has the ability to do that. Yeah, but I'm just saying like it's not like they have 50 percent more wind tunnel time than Red. Like the top three, four teams, well, other than Aston Martin because they finished like fifth or sixth last year. Like Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari aren't like miles apart in what they have. So like a yes, they have less time, but b like. These teams need to find things that work to make inroads at Red Bull, apply them, and then catch them. So, like, I'm with you. Like, I think the gap will get chipped away, and, like, I think this will happen. But, like, I think last weekend, Mercedes, like, in Saudi Arabia, they were a second off the pace on the long runs. So, you think they're going to make up a second a lap by, like, Baku? That's a crazy gap to make up, Sam. Same. Even half a second is crazy well, to make they, up. Okay, you also have to put into account that that track is probably the most Red Bull suited track out of any that they're going to race the whole entire year. So I but think you, you dominate put... Baku. Yeah, yeah. So let's just let's just relax, okay? It's so very Sam, early season. It's a very early season. It's a lot of racing to go. My question to you is this: Honest to God, bold take. What race do you think is the first race we see Mercedes potentially win? And I'll give you a few on the calendar. So we got obviously Baku coming up 
in three weeks time, basically a summer break without the summer break. Uh, they come up in, uh, in April 30th, Baku. After that, one week later, mind you, they race in Miami. Two weeks Miami's later. Not, Miami's not a good one for them. They race Miami's in red, the Amelia Romana Grand Prix. And then a week after that, they go to Monaco. Monaco. I think I think they I think a Mercedes car wins at Monaco. Yeah, that's the earliest race I think that so that's the earliest race you think that they could win. Yeah, and then I think the next like few on races, merit, like I, and on then I think, and then I think there's a there's a few races after that that I think suit them a little bit more. I think Austria and Silverstone will kind of suit them a little bit more than some other tracks have, and I think that they're gonna be they're gonna be a clear number two and like sort of fighting towards Red Bull after Silverstone, I think it's going to kind of be gone. Yeah. And by the way, I mean like on merit, obviously like a reliability, like Mercedes is right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, Max yeah. crash. Like, I mean like on merit looking at the date and the pace. Monaco. Yeah. Monaco. Yeah, Monaco. That probably smells right. And it's honestly an easier track for them to win because all they need to do, like I think George was two tenths away from pole this weekend. So if he puts it on pole, Max gets stuck behind him, and you know I, I can see that. Um, but guys, so what we're saying really is, we think that the shorter, more technical circuits suit Mercedes, where Red Bull can't exploit their yes sheer straight line speed. That's exactly what I'm saying. Hungary is a good one for that too. Yeah. they they performed well in Hungary last year. They do perform well in Hungary, but. Yeah, I mean, guys, it's a long season. Um, not to kind of keep piling on, but yours truly is now leading the hunt for the golden ass. I know all of our listeners back home are highly interested in the the season-long race, no pun intended, for most predictions correct of race winners. Um, I mean, I've taken the strategy of just pick Max every single race. and I'm Yeah, it's going to be so. interesting to see if you pick anyone else the rest of the year. Yeah, I, I mean, genuinely, I genuinely mean that. Yeah, I, I mean... Well, I am I'm two wins in. Should have been three. Um, so yeah, I mean if you wanna win, like pick the winner. It's pretty easy. Just pick the guy who's gonna win the race and like right now Yeah, I, just, I mean if you wanna max. win, just finish in first place. Yeah, seriously though, if you wanna win, pick the winner. Like Yeah, it's fair. But, you know, I mean that's all I had to say. Um yeah, golden ass. Congratulations, my, man. My final thoughts are I'm gonna miss you guys over these next couple weeks. Yeah, I it's hate be tough. that I hate the way F1 schedules these races. I know that there's one that dropped off the schedule, but I don't care. It just doesn't really make any sense that there's pretty much a spring break right now. Um, yep. but we'll see you guys in a few weeks and we'll have to get some laps in F122. Yep, summer break oh, yeah. point. It's spring break, then they're doing summer break, then they're probably going to remove all the practice sessions, and then there's going to be a sprint race, and then like probably going to be like F2 drivers and the F1 cars and F1 drivers and the F2 cars. That would be actually – they should do – I still think they need to do some type of like all-star weekend. Imagine these guys racing like a 15-lap race in the F2 cars. Holy cow, that'd be it's awesome. With the, it's with the old cars, like the 1975. Like even, even if that's not feasible, do it with the F2 cars. What do these guys got in their shorts when it comes to the F2 cars? Put them on go It would be interesting to see. Put them in go-karts. But, yeah, I don't know what to say. I guess we'll have to just like watch a bunch of like highlights of 2020 
I'll tell you what I'm watching. What? Formula Drift opening race this season. Hell yeah, brother. Uh, This week, this weekend. Hell Hell yeah, yeah, brother. Hell yeah. yeah. Love to see some Formula Drift. Fire it up, brother. Yeah. Yeah, guys, I don't know what else to say. Three weeks long break Um, for our listeners. Sorry that there's a three week gap. Can't wait to see you devise next time for another installment of in the points, but till then fire it up. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, brother.